We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's been 42 days and 2,800 miles, but the Sooners are finally back on the corner of Lindsey and Jenkins. Here we go. It's intercepted. Trey Brown picks it off. Looks left road. Wide open. Stop there. He can walk into the end zone. That's more open than he's been all week. Deep it over the left side. for the end zone for mid. Did he get a toe down? Touchdown! Under pressure, he's to the 10, makes a move to the 5, first down, push it, reaching for the end zone, is he there? Touchdown! On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College. Race and tackle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Tuesday night. It is the huddle. We got two straight hours of OU football in front of us. We got a radio roundtable coming up next hour on the Lincoln Riley Show. It's the bye week. That means our buddies Gabe Eichert and Chris Plank will be alongside to join us for the second hour of uh, this evening's festivities. But right now, please help me welcome the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner and my co-host on the Sooner Radio Network, Teddy Lehman, everybody. T. Rowe, how we doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Fantastic. Bud? I'm fantastic as well. Are you excited about the Masters this week? I'm excited about the bye week, yes, and uh, <laughs> excited about the Masters as well. Yes, absolutely. It lined up nicely for you Perfect. this year. Sooners win 62-9 to over Kansas on Saturday in Norman. Bye week, then Bedlam. Let's take a look at the highlights of how this unfolded. Finally back home. You heard off the top, it had been six weeks since Oklahoma played in the Palace, and they came out guns a-blazing. Boy, they were firing on all cylinders. You saw a bunch of different guys play well. 
uh, a pick early in the game there by Brown. Ramondre Stevenson catching a little swing route. Thought Rattler was was pretty good for the most part. There's the little hide play to Stogner. Just really smooth, inefficient for the most part, except for the one turnover offensively, which I don't think is anything to get too worried about. Look like Rattler's trying to go back shoulder to, to Hall, but not an issue there. Boy, that defensive line, though, was really the story and has been the story the last three weeks with the way they're playing. Nine sacks on the day. Here's the pass you're talking about. Ill-advised throw back across the middle. Uh, intended for Jeremiah Hall. Picked off first interception Rattler has thrown since the first half of the Texas game. This was a weird play. Brendan Radley-Hiles gets the pick. Then it's knocked away from him by a guy who's standing out of bounds, which I guess we all found out doesn't matter. Kansas recovers. He had a pick and a fumble on the same play. Ramondre Stevenson, though, impressive once again. Well, he was. And it just looks like, you know, you think back to, remember the, the belldozer package when Blake Bell checked into the game? It just felt like the offensive line blocked a little bit different. Yeah. There was a little bit of excitement when he checked in. It seems like we maybe had the same effect this year whenever Ramondre came back. Like the offensive line has been energized because it just looks better the last couple of weeks when it, whenever Ramondre's out there, more efficient. Uh, they're burying guys to the ground, better in pass protection as well. Just a little added energy there for that group. Spencer Rattler runs it in from two yards out, pays for it, hurt his hip on that play that would force him to limp around the rest of the day. We'll talk more about that coming up in a bit. Sooners rolling here, though, 24-0. There's T.J. Pledger right up the gut for another touchdown. Right before half, Kansas would get their only points of the half. It was 31-3 at the break. Gabe Burkich from 50 out of the out of the halftime intermission. Plenty of leg on that one. That, that had plenty of distance there, and good to see him hit a long one. feel like maybe he's been grinding over some of those, and you see Ramondre again blocked up well. The hole right there is massive over the right side. And there's no one at the next level. He's just, once he skates through that opening, he's off to the races. Kansas threatens here, but it turned away on downs. Sooners would add to their lead. Tanner Mordecai to the back line of the end zone. Marvin Mims keeps a foot down. Beautiful throw and catch. Sooners up 48 to three. Marcus Major hadn't played in a couple of weeks. He got a touchdown. Well, he did. That second offensive line, I, I firmly believe that that group is probably the, the second or third best offensive line in all of the Big 12, and they're all backups here. That's how, that's how deep we are with that group. And uh, you see them getting a nice drive and, and punch one in the end zone. Boy, nine sacks on the day for the OU defense. That was the final play of the game right there. The only touchdown for Kansas, 62-9. to nine. The final Sooners rack up 540 total yards, rush for 200. Third downs on defense, outstanding again. They hold Kansas to three of 19. Really good. Third down defense has been great. What you usually gets lost in the mix on third down defense is how good you are on early downs. You know, they're going to convert a lot more third and fives, third and six, third and three than they are third and 10 and 12. And it seems like Oklahoma's done a really good job forcing a bunch of those third and third and long situations that are not high percentage plays for the offense. And that was definitely the case against Kansas. They were horrible on first and second down, setting up a lot of third and 20 plus situations out there. Not going to convert those. So they did what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to beat Kansas handily. Didn't mess around, pasted them by 53. That's what's supposed to happen. Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Hey, this year's Lawyers Fighting Hunger Annual Day of Kindness Turkey Drive presented by Noble McIntyre at McIntyre Law will be Friday, November 20th. Download the McIntyre Law app and click the turkey icon to pre-register for the event and reserve your turkey today. Who was your player of the game? I'm going with uh, Nick Benito defensively. I think the, the effort was led by that defensive line, and Benito was fantastic. There he is taking his pass coverage and then coming back, squeezing to the line of scrimmage, making a play, just flat out beating a guy off the edge with some speed. You know, he had three sacks on the day, four tackles, but, man, he was all over the quarterback on some of those where he was able to get rid of it. 
I think Benito has hit another gear here in the last couple of games. And I don't think there's there's any doubt that Perkins emergence on the other side yeah. has maybe given him some confidence. And here he is able to play that little spy role. It's a tight spy from the defensive line position where he just kind of hangs off the line, lets that defensive line get a rush. Quarterback steps up and there he is to, to make the cleanup sack. So I think he's benefited a lot from Perkins being back, but had a really good productive uh, game Saturday. Tied for the lead in the Big 12 now and sacks yep. is Benito with those three he got on Saturday. I'll go Ramondre Stevenson impressed. Uh, I knew we he would be a big addition to this uh, lineup when he came back and he was great a week ago, but just continued to roll 11 carries, 104 yards, two touchdowns, 9.5 yards a carry. He averaged almost a first down every time he touched the ball. Teddy, we were talking about this on the radio broadcast Saturday. It's not just power from Ramondre. That's what we were used to a year ago. He would run over people. And he's still doing that. He's still dishing out stiff arms like that one right there. Wow. But he has shown more nimbleness, more agility, more quickness. The spin move this year right there. Seems like he's added to his repertoire. He is of complete back, uh, maybe more so than we've seen recently where he can do everything. He's fantastic between the tackles. If he needs to put his head down on a short yardage play, he's going to be fantastic at that. If he gets outside on a swing pass, which we saw, and he needs to make some moves in the open field, he can do that. I mean, he's he's the complete back right now. They can give him the football in a bunch of different ways. So, you know, he's he's been a big addition. He's been way better and had more of an impact than I thought he was going to have on this offense. He likes playing the Jayhawks. He's got three career 100-yard games, two of them against Kansas the other against South Dakota, and he will no doubt be heavily featured, one would think, in the Bedlam matchup coming up in a week and a half. Let's step aside for an opening timeout. When we come back, we'll take a deeper dive offensively and defensively into how the Sooners played on Saturday. You're watching The Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, and we're brought to you by Bud Lights. Bedlam 66 Bedlam Series is brought to you in part by Academy Sports and Outdoors, Homeland, Oklahoma Blood Institute, Anheuser-Busch, and Phillips 66. Live to the full. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Time for our Oklahoma Turnpike Authority drive summary presented by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners don't get passed. Get Pike Pass second quarter. Sooners leading 14-0. Austin Stogner just blocks out the sun downfield and Spencer Rattler finds him. I love the way that we started to go more vertical with Stogner. I think that helps him a lot, makes those matchups more difficult for those defensive backs. Uh, he's such a huge weapon. And then, you know, you start to worry about those big tight ends, and here comes the running game. Sooners down to the 25. Little inside wide receiver tunnel screen to Theo Weiss. Gets him another first down to the 12. And then Rattler... Across the middle, can't find Hazelwood in the end zone, but a flag is thrown. That'll put OU at the two. They were wanting to get one from Hazelwood, weren't they? Yeah. They were trying to force him, uh, force feed him on a couple of routes. I think it's going to come around. He's going to be a nice addition. And then here's the uh, touchdown from Rattler. He's looking to throw. He's left open. He runs it in. Collision at the goal line and got him a nice little hip bruise, I guess, out of that that would... <laughs> Put a little hitch in his giddy up you the rest of the day. Could, he was wearing it on his face right yeah. afterwards, too. You knew he was like, 
Ah, probably shouldn't have done that one. That's your Pike Pass drive summary. Let's start by talking about the offense. Let's start by talking about Spencer Rattler. He's okay, right? You think he's going to be okay for Bedlam? Yeah. I mean, um, it, here's the thing. It didn't look like anyone on the sideline was worried about Spencer Rattler. It looked like all his conversations to Lincoln Riley were uh, football-related. Didn't look like Lincoln was too concerned about the hip, uh, the None of the, the sideline medical staff looked too concerned about it. So they put him back out there. If, if there was any serious concerns about structural problems with him, there's no way they would have put him back out there on the field in a blowout win over Kansas. So I'm not worried about Rattler at all. I think he'll be just fine. I thought he was fine, but I thought it was the least sharp he's been since uh, probably the first half against Texas. Even pre-injury? Even pre-injury, yeah. 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 I mean, he I, threw I think one that's that he, fair. he threw a bad pass that he hadn't done that in a while, the, the interception. Which, it, over the years, has been pretty common against Kansas. It doesn't feel like we've ever had everyone play the sharpest We're game. We're seeing Tanner Mordecai there. He went seven for eight in relief for 128 yards and a touchdown. Chandler Morris, Scoop Morris got into the end zone. <laughs> he did. Uh, he's, he's fun to watch. He's fast. You know, whenever he gets out there, Lincoln's going to call some type of quarterback running play and uh, he's got such great speed that he's he's a pretty fun weapon to watch out there. If I ever got in, that's the play I'd want him to run to me. 30 yards open the, right there. The Austin Stogner. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, there's no Jayhawk within half a field of him right there. Austin Stogner, three catches, 75 yards. He got dinged up too, but Lincoln says if they played this week, he could go. That's good because he's a major weapon for this team. Yeah, he is. Um you know, we, we've, we've talked about it several times, and I, it's a point that I always talk about, but it's a matchup issue. You you don't know if you need to bring big personnel in against Oklahoma's tough run package, and if you do that, you're at a major risk of them spreading you out and putting uh, Stogner in the slot, and you would have to have a, a linebacker out there, which is a total mismatch. And even if you have a safety or a nickel on him, He's going to be way bigger and be able to use that size as an advantage. And then it's also a big advantage whenever they, they bring him into a traditional tight end position and, and go with their running game. Marvin Mims made some history on Saturday on this catch right here, his seventh of the season. That ties him for the all-time OU freshman receiving touchdown record with Mark Andrews and C.D. Lamb. And Seven touchdowns. I feel already. pretty confident that you he's like his chances. <laughs> I like his chances. He's been, he's kind of been the money guy. Like he's what Stogner, Mims, and Weiss are all right there at 25, 26 receptions yeah. apiece. But he's the massive leader with with the seven touchdowns and. It's just he has a knack for finding the end zone. You know, when they get in that twenty to twenty-five yard line, they find him on that back line of the end zone quite a bit. Great to see Jaden Hazelwood back out there. He got a grab late in the game, and we saw a lot of Ramondre Stevenson on the show already. When T.J. Pledger got a chance, he flashed again. I think Pledger, when Ramondre came back, that does not mean that Pledger has been uh, relegated to the the back of the the room or back of the roster. I still think he is a great changeup back, uh, smaller but has great physicality when he runs good between the tackles. I think it took him a little while to find his comfort zone, uh, settle into some of the timing on these runs in live action. He's been good out of the backfield in some passing games. I think his He's protection. He's around the goal line, too. He's got a knack yeah. when you get inside the five. He does because he runs with such a great low pad yeah. level. So, yeah, I, I like Pledger a lot, and I think he's going to continue to be a big part of what they do. I think he's up to five touchdowns now on the year. Meanwhile, on defense, let's start on the back end and work our way up. The cornerbacks, you know, across the entirety of the defense, they played a ton of guys mm -hmm. on Saturday. Our spotter, uh, Greg Tripp Blackwood up He's there, busy. he had his work cut out for him on Saturday trying to figure out who was on the uh, field at all times. Woody Washington got another start. Woody Washington's played well. Uh, Cradell's played some at that nickel spot and played well. Norwood, they've moved him around to several different positions. He's played well. So you're seeing some different guys start to rotate in and uh, get a, a big piece of time. And these are not blowout rotation guys. These are guys that are going to play in my opinion, in pivotal games, pivotal drives, p pivotal moments for the rest of the season. Um, they've gotten to a way bigger rotation there in the secondary. 
And as you see uh, Graham come up there and make a, a nice tackle, physical tackle, one-on-one against the big back, that's tough duty. And um, I, I, I like where they're at. They're, they're starting to get good, solid play uh, contributions from a bunch of different players. DJ Graham, true freshman. He has seen uh, quite a bit of playing time the last couple of weeks. We've talked about Chance it a lot. Chance Sylvie making some plays. I, I know it's a, it's a point we continue to hit, but these true freshmen, it's not a normal year for reps, summer, uh, early arrival guys getting a spring under their belt. These guys did not have any of that, and it puts them way behind. So I think those freshmen that are starting to work their way onto the field, thats that, I think that's a pretty good schedule for the way that this year's unfolded. And the ball popped out there, nearly got him a turnover on that one. Take a look at Ronnie Perkins here off the edge. I mean, that pass rush was there all day. Yeah. I mean, and it's tough. Those guys not capable to stop you, and there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, you know, they can't even hardly throw the quick stuff, the RPOs, without that quarterback getting drilled. There was plays that, you know, he was getting hit by all four defensive linemen at the same time on just quick plays where every one of those guys won their one-on-one. So it was a tough day for, for that quarterback. Pretty brutal stuff, but it's good to see those guys racing to the quarterback and a defensive line. You know, we talked about the secondary and how many guys are playing there. I mean, they're, they're six, eight guys deep on the defensive line with good, consistent play. That position group as well. That was all Ronnie Perkins you saw right there, but he got a lot of help on Saturday. Isaiah Thomas made plays. Jordan Kelly made plays. You mentioned Nick Benito earlier. Uh, they are going, I mean, they're playing nine, ten guys, sometimes 11 guys up there rotating across the front and getting contributions out of almost everybody. Well, whenever people start to win Stripling. and you're seeing the guys in your position room starting to pile up sacks and tackles for loss, everyone wants in on the action. I think it raises the level of the entire room. There's a good move right there Ooh. by Isaiah Thomas. Uh, just runs the corner, runs the edge. Good hand movement there, breaking the, the hands. And think this group's going to continue to get better and better. I think Stripling's coming on, too. Here's a look, folks, at what they have done this year. Look at the last four games. The tackles for loss and the sacks that they have racked up. It has been impressive. A slow start. We were all wondering about the defense early in the year, but they have hit another gear now. And going into Bedlam seem to be uh, playing with a lot of confidence. I'll just tell you right now, if you replicate some of those numbers that we see in yellow right there, 10 tackles for loss, six sacks against Texas, uh, 11 for Kansas, uh, nine sacks against Kansas. If you have those numbers against Oklahoma State oh. and you're taking the football away as well as you see the, the takeaway numbers, th this is going to be a very difficult team to beat. If their defense is playing that way, because those sacks and tackles for loss equal third and longs or getting off the field or takeaways. And that, those are the numbers defensively that you want. There's a bunch of yards and, and numbers that people get caught up in. Those are the telling numbers right there that help a defense play great. Multiple turnovers, multiple takeaways, three of the last four games. It's been fun to watch. All right, we'll step aside for a timeout. We'll talk uh, about the rest of college football around the country this past weekend. When we come back, you're watching The Huddle, brought to you by Bud Light. Sooner Sports Talk is presented by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively, Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. All right, welcome back, everybody. Toby and Teddy with you. You're watching The Huddle. we got a radio roundtable coming up for you next hour. How would you be uh, like to be able to listen to the Sooner Radio crew from the comfort of your own home while synced up to your TV? You can. Go to SyncMyGame.com to find out how. 
We're going to talk uh, national college football, but Teddy, before we do, this week coming up, this Saturday coming up already has been heavily impacted. We've had three SEC games postponed already. The LSU-Alabama game, Texas A&M-Tennessee, Auburn-Mississippi State, all hit by COVID, all sidelined this week. Yeah, and um, you're starting to get to a point late in the season. You know, early on, you you had set up the season in a in a in a fashion that you'd be able to absorb some of these games later on through bye weeks and and scheduling. And you know, we're starting to get pretty late to where you're running out of of options there. So, um, you know, it can be difficult. Hopefully, these teams are able to get a wrap on the situation. Uh, quickly but we've seen that some teams it, it can linger around for a while I know the the protocol's a little bit different in the Big Ten but Wisconsin after coming out and looking really good in an early football game is they've been out of it for a while now so hopefully these teams are able to move past this rather quickly well let's look at what happened last weekend and it was headlined by the primetime game when number one goes down Clemson without Trevor Lawrence again although he was there on the sidelines goes to South Bend and Boy, Notre Dame looked good, Teddy. They sure did. Um, you know, they've got some good players out there. They didn't. A lot of times Clemson plays people, and you can just tell who the most talented team out there is. And Notre Dame did not look out of place at all it was playing against Clemson. There's a great play right there scoring on defense. And they had a chance to break this game open uh, a couple of different times but couldn't really capitalize on it. And a good job by Clemson sticking around and fighting. You see that they've got a quarterback waiting for Trevor Lawrence if he decides to go to the NFL. But, you know, credit Ian Book and this Notre Dame team when it looked like maybe they were going to let it slip out of their hands and miss their opportunity. They kept fighting, scrapped, found themselves in overtime, were able to get that win. DJ Uyunglele threw for 439, but Clemson only had 34 yards rushing for the entire game and the two overtimes. And Notre Dame wins it 47 to 40. The world's largest outdoor socially distanced cocktail party <laughs> took place in Jacksonville, Florida, and Georgia. And Georgia scores first, but it was Florida that had more fun at the party this year. Boy, Florida's uh, been impressive to watch. You know, that Georgia defense banged up a little bit, but, you know, thought that they would be able to, to slow Florida down a little bit and got off to a good. Uh, early lead there but here comes Florida and after they got that machine rolling Georgia was helpless couldn't do anything to stop them uh, a couple of crazy plays in there the huge collision you saw between a, a couple of players over the middle to Pitts when they threw that ball that big tight end who's a fantastic player but it looks like Florida man they are going to be a serious threat yep. there in the SEC in the east mm. if they can just get some of their defense together and play better during some short spans and give themselves a chance against some more complete teams. Like, wow. uh, speaking specifically about when they play Alabama, if they get to the SEC championship game, they'll have a chance. Kyle Trask throws for 474 and four touchdowns. Georgia's got a quarterback problem. Yep. Bennett and Mathis combined to go nine for 29 for 112 yards and three interceptions combined Florida wins convincingly well 44 28 Georgia had two transfer quarterbacks and one of them opted out and the other one hasn't played a snap yet and JT Daniels so yeah they're on the hunt right now they they played the first part of the season with Bennett but against some of those better teams he doesn't give them enough the Indiana Hoosiers a feel-good story Ooh. in college football they got the controversial overtime win over Penn State in week one then they beat Michigan this week Beat them handily. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't a crazy play and a call down on the goal line. Did they score? Did they not score? They just straight up lined up and thumped them. Uh, they made the plays. They've got a quarterback in Penix who's playing really well. Some good, talented, skill position guys playing as a, as a good group, a defensive uh, unit that plays together well. So, hey, Indiana's for real. Now, in a typical year, would they be a top 10 football team? I don't think so, but... It's fun to watch right now. They've got two impressive wins. Michigan had 13 total yards rushing in this game. And the Hoosiers are 3-0, and and they love their coach. That's for sure. They won 38-21. How about this? USC and Arizona State kicked off at 9 a.m. <laughs> local time, Pacific time, in the Pac-12 opener. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that's a that's a crazy day for those players. That means you're on a day of a game getting a 4.30 or 5 a.m. wake-up call, and a lot of people are up before that. So that's a long day. It's a difficult day, but they're trying to get on TV. And then we got uh, election news. It's kind of bumping that a little bit, which was interesting. But, hey, you know what? I think Arizona State is – they're close to rounding into a really good football team. They were close How'd in this game. How'd they lose this game? I, yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting question. I think they don't quite have the talent right now of a team like USC, and you're wondering when USC is going to be able to turn it on. But Arizona State plays well. I think Herm Edwards has done a really good job with that group. He's put together a good staff. Uh, they're starting to recruit better, and he gets the most out of his talent. They could be close to turn into a really this. good football They're team. They're up 27-14 with under three minutes to go. They get a deflected pass that results in a touchdown. The onside kick bounces around, and they got it. And then they score again. Drake London with the game-winning touchdown catch, and USC pulls a miracle out of their hat. 28-27. Looks about like that Texas game down at Tech. Yeah down big and find a way to late to, to score a couple of touchdowns updated top 25 Sooners move up a bit to number 18 there you see their next opponent just above them Oklahoma State at 14 and Alabama the new number one followed by Notre Dame Ohio State Clemson and Texas A&M question for you Teddy who's sure. been the most surprising team so far in college football to you? Well, I think number one, you have to go with Indiana, who's 3-0. and They're now a top 10 football team. And the Big Ten went ahead and scheduled their lower opponents against all of their bigger opponents and, and kind of gave them a, a, a nice, like the Ohio States, the yeah. Penn States. They're trying to serve them up some easy victories against Indiana. Well, Indiana's beaten them all, and they're 3-0. <laughs> Uh, so it's been a, you know, Michigan, Penn State, to see them start off that way. What, first time since 87 they beat Michigan? First time since the 80s. 24 straight. Yeah, first time since the 80s they've started off 3-0 and in the Big Ten. So I think Indiana, you've got to go there first and foremost. Now, I know we haven't seen them recently, so you got to go back with me a little bit. But Wisconsin, I, I think Wisconsin, uh, you know, that the way they came out of the gate, was shocking with how good that quarterback situation was there. I'm interested to see if they can keep that up or not. And then we saw it there, Florida's offense. I thought Florida was going to be a good football team this year. I thought they'd have a good offense and Trask would be okay. Yeah. I did not think their offense was going to be that good. I, they are special. I throw Texas A&M into the conversation. Too. Oh, sure. Maybe yep. I should yep. have expected them to be better. Maybe I should, but shouldn't be surprised. They're playing some really good football right now. They are, and it's led by Kellen Mond. You yeah. know, he's a, he's been a big-time talent for them over recent years. The problem is he's turned the football over in bunches. And right now I think he's like 12, 14 touchdowns to just two interceptions. If he keeps a ratio up like that, they've got a real shot. And right now their path to the college football playoff, I mean, it looks yeah, pretty good, chance. honestly. They, they've got a bunch of winnable games down the stretch, and they may send Alabama to the SEC championship game to do the tough work, and they can just yeah. kind of float around and, and wait and see if they've got an opportunity. It's going to be hard for them to get to the conference championship game, but it may turn out to be a blessing in disguise. Right. We'll see. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Big 12 football, Cowboys and Wildcats hooked up in a wild one up in Manhattan. Back after this on the huddle. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. 
Welcome back to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Lincoln Riley did meet with the media today. We'll hear some of his thoughts coming up in the next hour as we're joined by Gabe Eichert and Chris Plank. But let's talk some Big 12 football right now. The Big 12 report presented by Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. And we start in Manhattan. One of the games of the week this week, Oklahoma State trying to bounce back from a loss. Kansas State trying to bounce back from a loss. This was a good football game, too. It was. And Downing, freshman, filling in for Skylar Thompson. Oh, boy. Uh, you're starting to worry what this kid's going to be like for the next couple of years. You know, he's making some of those young mistakes, but also shows some flashes of being a, an excellent football player. And Oklahoma State, you know, missing a couple of guys. Hubbard got banged up a little bit. Tyler Wallace didn't hardly play out there. But we're able to come in and get a win but not in very impressive fashion. Kind of stole this thing late from Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State had some rough turnovers, and there's one you see right there that's, you know, they're deep in the in the red zone. This is a possibility of a 14-point swing here whenever you're just down by one point, and that was tough to come back from, but Kansas State kept hanging around, hanging around, and had an opportunity to win it late with, uh, with Downing having a couple of shots down the field here as they got the football back with, little over a minute and a half to go and getting aggressive forces it downfield throws the interception to lose it but I don't know there's some signs there that Kansas State is going to be in good hands in the future with Downing Cowboys win at 20 to 18 Texas and West Virginia the early game of the day Bijan Robinson the freshman running back he's out of Arizona the Phoenix area uh he's Tucson I believe big time five-star recruit They've made him the starter. He goes for 113 yards, had a nice day. Yeah, both teams go right down the field to start off this football game, and then the offense stopped at that point. <laughs> I think Texas is starting to settle into that defense uh, quite a bit. They're playing better and better every week. Joseph size had a huge season. West Virginia statistically is outstanding, and uh, the offense just kind of froze up here, and – you know, these are two really good offenses that put up a bunch of points coming into this game. So uh, it was fascinating. West Virginia hung around and had an opportunity. They're throwing into the end zone on fourth down late in the fourth quarter with a chance to beat that Texas down in Austin. Probably should have gotten a flag on fourth down, but Texas wins at 17-13. West Virginia only 43 rushing yards in that game. That's been a strength of theirs all year. Baylor-Iowa State, interesting one. The night game up in Ames. Baylor jumped in front big early. Yeah, they did. Iowa State gave up some some, uh, some points early on, which is not typical of them. They're usually really good defensively and struggled getting things going. Here's an interception by Purdy, who's really struggled this year. I thought he was going to be uh, quite a bit better than what he's looked like so far. But able to, to really steady themselves and start looking a little bit more like the team that they've They've turned into this year and able to, to slowly chip their way, uh, chip their way back and, and get up on top of, of Baylor and really press the issue after that. Sooner fans rooting for Baylor in this game. Another Iowa State loss would have helped their cause, the OU's cause, in trying to get to that Big 12 championship game. But Brees Hall and the Cyclones would battle back in this game. Purdy threw three interceptions. This one going the other way again. But Hall ends up with a couple of touchdowns at 133 yards. And in the second half, Iowa State able to climb the mountain. There's Charlie Kohler, and they come all the way back to win it 38-31. to Boy, Brees Hall has been fantastic this year. Uh, already over 1,000 yards rushing. Uh, you know, I thought he was going to be a good back for them. He has been way better than I imagined he was going to be. I'd say the, you know, a lot of the guys on that team are about what you expected and playing really good. The biggest drop-off is not what you expected in Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, defensively, they've played great. They're getting some good pass rush, good D-line play, good running game. Uh, Kohler doing his thing, but Purdy's been a turnover machine. couple of teams looking for traction meeting in Fort Worth, Texas Tech and TCU. Max Duggan had 154 rushing yards in this game for TCU. A couple of big plays from him, and you see how dangerous he is, and there's that quarterback sweep play that they've basically stolen from Texas. And, you know, Duggan, and you'll see as these highlights go, breaks a couple of really long runs, and you just show that athleticism that he's gotten. 
It shows what a great job Oklahoma did keeping him contained, keeping him in the pocket, not letting him get out and make any of those those big runs on you. TCU 270 total rushing yards. It looks like maybe Gary Patterson's kind of figured out what his offense is. They're leaning heavy on the run right now, and it's working pretty good for him. Yeah, they've had a real hard time protecting the quarterback. Offensive line has struggled a lot for them, and it's a lot easier, especially whenever you get into some quarterback run game like this. A <laughs> lot easier to break or to uh, block some of those plays up and break some long runs. Wow. So good athleticism there, good speed for Max Duggan. TCU wins it 34-18. to 18. So after all that action, and of course, OU 62-9 win over Kansas, let's take a look at our updated Big 12 standings. And there they are, Iowa State 5-1. The column on the right is uh, the one you want to look at, OSU 4-1. Sooners in Texas and K-State all at 4-2. And, and it looks like you can draw a line under that. I think those are the five teams right there that have a chance to play in Arlington. Yeah, and it's interesting, and uh, we've said this a couple of times, it's uncomfortable, but you need Texas to win some football games down the stretch. They play both Iowa State and Kansas State coming up. Uh, it'd go a long way if Texas is able to win both of those football games. Um, you know, Kansas State's, you know, started to rally a little bit behind Downing, so I think he's, he's getting better the longer this season goes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, you're still at a point where you feel pretty good about any one of those teams having an opportunity to try and win out. This is what you're talking about. Texas on the far right there. They've got Kansas, and they close out with games against Iowa State and Kansas State. I don't think all three of those are on the road. I believe they get Iowa State in Austin, if I remember That's correctly. Right. Uh, Oklahoma State has an extra game left because the Baylor game got pushed back to December. Three of the four remaining on the road for the Cowboys. Iowa State looks to be in the best shape right now. Only one loss, two of three at home. The Texas game will be tough, but of those teams, they look to be in the best spot. I think I agree with that. Um, also, you know, we need help, but I, I kind of like where Oklahoma's at. Uh, you know, that you, you know what you've got to do. It's, it's good to be in a position where your back's against the wall. Uh, I'll tell you what's interesting about Oklahoma State. Now, as, as things sit right now, I like Oklahoma, especially being at home in that game. Uh, but that Baylor game late for Oklahoma State is interesting. You'd much rather play Baylor whenever they had them because of the struggles that Baylor had. Remember, it's a Completely new agree. coaching staff down yep. there. They haven't had a whole lot of practice time. They had to shut things down throughout training camp early in the season. They're just now starting to round into form. Now, I'm not telling you that Baylor's going to be some great football team uh, come December 12th, but they're going to be way better than when Oklahoma State had to face them early in the year. And you just saw what they did up there in Ames. They're a dangerous football team whenever they get everything to start to click. And it looks like they're getting closer to that. And they're similar to Texas in that they could be a real fly in the ointment here down the stretch. They play Kansas State, OU, and OSU in their final three games. A chance to ruin it for somebody. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, final segment of the huddle, which means time to pick some games. Back after this here at Rudy's. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health. All right, welcome back. We're wrapping up the huddle here at Rudy's. You're going to want to stick around, though. we got a radio roundtable coming up next hour. We're going to talk about... OU Kansas and maybe a little Bedlam preview, but we're also going to hand out some awards. Who deserves to be offensive and defensive player of the year in the Big 12 so far? Maybe offensive and defensive MVP for OU. And as I said, we're going to hear what Lincoln Riley had to say today. So stick around. The huddle brought to you by Riverwind, still the one. It's time to look back at how we did in our pick segment last week, and then we'll make our picks this week. Ooh. Yellow is good. Yellow is good, folks. Uh, BYU at Boise State. We both picked BYU, so that's good. We got that one right. Now, let's take some time looking at the rest of this. Michigan and Indiana, you had the Wolverines. Yeah, that was 
Mm. Turns out to be a horrible pick. Um, look at you trusting Indiana. You yep. saw something there in that Penn State win. Good for you. Fantastic pick. Uh, Michigan, horrible. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> trusting Jim Harbaugh in Michigan to do something. You're being a, you're being a bit hard on yourself. I mean, we don't have to spend much time on this. Texas beat West Virginia. Florida beat Georgia. We both missed on Clemson. You see the standings there at the bottom. A significant wow. margin now. That's a six. That's a more than one week lead now, Ted. You need and to get hot. It, it's putting me in a tough spot because I'm in a position where I'm going to have to take some risks. Perhaps. And that can turn out really, really bad. That's and that's what I'm blaming last week on. I took some big risks there, <laughs> and they just didn't pay off. Well, maybe just a good solid week this week will get you back on track. Mm -hmm. So let's pick some games. Big 12. TCU goes to West Virginia. TCU started to play a little better, it looks like. West Virginia offense hit the skids in Austin. Yeah, this is a tough game to predict with, with TCU running the football a little bit better. I still like West Virginia. I think their defense is more consistent. I like what they've got in the running game. Uh, I, I think Texas's defense and, and how they were able to shut down West Virginia is is really a sign more of what Texas has become, not so much what West Virginia is. I'm picking the Mountaineers to get the win at home. I think you're on the right side of that one. West Virginia is a much better team at home. 4-0 at home, 0-3 on the road so far this year. And I think the key matchup here is that solid West Virginia defense against a TCU offense that struggles sometimes to move it. Advantage West Virginia. They play better at home. I'll take the Mountaineers as well. SMU at Tulsa. This is a tough one. It is. I'm taking SMU, but I really don't feel that good about it. I like Tulsa's defense. I like the way that they've played. They have been a difficult, difficult out this year. It's a really good football team. You know, this year when they played Oklahoma State, you look at that game, it's like, boy, Oklahoma State did not look that good. But you look now that you've seen this thing play out a little bit, it's like, no, that's because Tulsa's a legitimate yeah. squad. I'm taking SMU in the game, but do not feel good about this one. I actually like to see Tulsa win it. I'm rooting for Tulsa, too. I'm also taking SMU, and it's simply because of I'm worried about Tulsa's rhythm. Mm -hmm. They haven't played. This is their fourth game. It's SMU's eighth already. Um, I, they've been so stop and start with games getting postponed that I'm just worried they're going to be a little bit out of sync. Shane Bouchelle's having a big year for SMU, and they're more than just a passing attack. They've got a very good rushing attack, too. I'll take the ponies, but I'm with you. Go Kane. Miami at Virginia Tech. I'm taking Miami here. Virginia Tech, is, you know, it's shocking. I've, I've expected more out of this program the last couple of years. You know, when Fuente first went there, they got a bit of a surge. It's died off quite a bit. They haven't been able to capitalize on any of that momentum. Uh, I like what, I, what I've seen in Miami. Now, Miami, they're, they're definitely subject to some peaks and valleys themselves. But I trust the Eric King. I think, you know, if you, if you line this thing up quarterback-wise, it's really not even that close. Give me Miami. Vatek got beat by Liberty yeah. last week. <laughs> handily. Beat handily. And to the in-state team, that's going to be hard to recover from. Yeah. And I don't think they do. I don't know that I fully trust Miami, but I do think De'Eric King is the real deal. I'll take Miami as well, going into Blacksburg and winning. It's hard to go into Blacksburg and win, but if Liberty can do it, Miami can do it. I mean, that's one of the things this year is a lot of these home environments that are typically really Great difficult point. to go into, not, not necessarily the case this year. All right, uh, all kinds of trouble for Jim Harbaugh up in Ann Arbor. Now they got Wisconsin coming to town. They're off to a one-and-two start. Everybody's on his case up there. Is he going to get it back together this week? You know, one of the problems whenever you lose football games is you also lose your football team. And whenever everyone's telling you what should happen and what you've done wrong and what guys should be playing, everyone starts to hear that a little bit in the locker room and you can have some dissension. I think that's probably going to happen up there at Michigan. And unfortunately for them, they're probably about to play the best team that they face so far this year in Wisconsin. Now, if Wisconsin can continue to get good quarterback play, I don't know what their practices have looked like and, and how much they've been able to be open and up and running. But if they've able, been able to have some type of good continuity there and, and are able to play their starters and, and most of their good talent, I think Wisconsin wins the game. That's a big if. 
and I'm not buying it. I think um, I think you're a little too high on Wisconsin. They played one game and they look good, but it was Illinois, I believe, at home. Would you rather play one game and look good or three games and look terrible? That's a great point you make. That's a great point. I think Michigan's desperate. I know they were desperate last week, but they're coming back home this week. Wisconsin's only got one game under their belt. I think they're going to look sloppy. The one problem Wisconsin had against Illinois was Illinois's got a good mobile quarterback. Joe Milton can run around for Michigan a little bit. I'm putting I'm, – I'm, I'm leaping off the cliff here. I'm putting a little faith in Jim Harbaugh that Michigan is going to be able to bounce back. Quickly, Notre Dame and Boston College. I'm taking Notre Dame. Now, I don't fully trust Notre Dame down the stretch. Their schedule is pretty easy. I think they do go to North Carolina, which will, will be a difficult game. I think they're good enough to get this one. But I think of the top five or six teams, Notre Dame is the most likely to slip up. The battle of the gold domes here. Notre Dame and Boston College. I'm a believer in Notre Dame now. I think they're bringing touchdown Jesus and a world of confidence with them to Chestnut Hill. I think Notre Dame will uh, win this one big. Now, you've got a Butkus brain teaser for us next hour. I any, do. Any hint about the topic? Um, yeah, we've had a freshman record receiving tied by Mims with seven touchdowns. Yeah. So I'm going to build off that theme a little okay. bit. Something related to Marvin Mims, perhaps. Uh, or, maybe or related to off. freshman records. Okay, very good. We'll look forward to that coming up in the next hour. Quick look at our TV schedule coming up for you as we get you set for Bedlam over the next couple of weeks. OU Review, we're going to look back on the Kansas game coming up. That's tomorrow night. Spotlight. We got soccer later in the week. Flashback is a great show if you haven't. And then don't forget, next Tuesday, folks, another chance for you to catch the Billy Tubbs reunion special if you haven't seen it yet it's must see it's fantastic that'll do it for us on the huddle stay with us though stick around gabe and chris are going to join us for sooner sports talk next it's a radio roundtable edition we'll be back on the sooner sports network from learfield img college You've been listening to the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Riverwind, still the one. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.